0: To episode 88 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again on this lovely Wednesday morning or afternoon or evening, which, wherever you're listening to this, is J Dub of Dubsism. Welcome back to the show, J Dub. And thanks for having me back. Well, you acted, you acted nicely yesterday, so I figured, you know, I'll let you come back <laughs> for another one.
1: We'll, we'll see what happens with the rest of the week. You know, we'll play it by ear. Okay, I will consider myself on double secret probation. There you go. That works. that works
0: perfectly, actually. Episode 88 begins with Mac starting to sing a song and goes all the way till Strahdwitz makes a discovery. So, as we were discussing yesterday, on the inside of the barracks, you have Strahdwitz looking, trying to find something, some, some thread of a, of, of a hint of something nefarious going on in, in the barracks. And you have uh, a number of the prisoners outside getting drunk, still trying to, to keep from, notice, from having the guards notice that they're paying attention to what's going on inside the barracks. Then we had a, a short little interaction between Ives and Mac, where Mac actually is able to, to lift Ives' spirit by the fact that they're going to soon get out of there because Tom is almost nearly at the trees. So this minute basically starts off with a song. Now it took me a while to figure out what this song is because he, the he, uh, Max starts singing this this old Scottish song, and Ives chimes in, and the two of them start singing and uh, dancing together with it. Uh, were, were you able to figure out what the song
1: is? I I was not. Uh, I, I I was asking the same question you was like what what is this? And then I yeah. just kind of said, all right, I'm going to roll with it.
0: Yeah, Whatever exactly. happens, happens. Um, Maybe it's an old
1: drinking song. <laughs> well
0: first of all again as i as i mentioned yesterday that when we were talking about argyle street you know this is something that i never paid attention to the entire time that I've, I've every time i've seen this movie you know the two of them are just having this this uh little sing-along you know while, while everyone's getting a little drunk i guess that probably is is adding to the whole situation and now my my original copy of this this movie is, has subtitles on it and they don't subtitle the, the song. There's nothing that mentions what the song is. So I had to do a little bit of research and I actually found that the song is called "What Saw the Forty Second, uh, which is basically a song about the soldiers of the forty second Highland Regiment, which were known as the Black Watch, as they were marching along to the the Brumelaw, which runs along the River Clyde in Glasgow. They're all about to board a ship to travel abroad, maybe to fight in a war. But the song makes fun of how they are dressed. Then, uh, Perth, the song that marched them down the Thimber Raw. I have no idea what that really means. Then the third verse changes the song just a little to make fun of the Scottish city children who used to be sent to rural farming areas to lift the potatoes, the tatties. Now, I, I, I'm just gonna read a little bit of this song. You know, I'm not gonna try and explain it or try to give anyone, you know, a more concise Explanation of what, what it is, but just, just to give an idea of this. What saw the 42nd? What saw them gone awa? What song the 42nd? Merchant doing the bro- broomy law? Some of them had boots and stockings. Some of them had name uh, at, at a. Some of them had taddy scones for te keep the call away. Absolutely no idea what most of those words mean. If there's any Scottish listeners out there and you can translate this for us. It would be nice.
1: Okay, I'm going to take a shot at this, because when you talk about the 42nd Highlanders, you've you hit something that you didn't know that you hit. Uh, where I live here in Indiana, there's um, an annual festival called the Feast of the Hunters of Mood. And what this is, is it's an old French trading post along the Wabash River. And it's a reenactment, uh, they, uh, like about right around the Revolutionary War, 1770s, One of the groups that comes to this every year is called the 42nd Highlanders, and they're in the kilts, the bagpipes, the whole shot, and they play all these songs and sing all these songs, and all these guys do for that whole weekend is drink heavily. So I'm convinced this is now a drinking song. Aha,
0: okay. Okay. That's uh, that's good to know. Well, obviously it's a drinking song because of their, you know, they are drinking as they're singing it.
1: (laughs) So, and and they're Scottish. Uh, Sorry, you know, stereotypes abound, but you know, (laughs) they are. Right. So I'm I'm not going to
0: try and try and read through any more of these lyrics, but I I I think we got the point of what they're they're talking about here or singing about. uh, Helps helps keep this nice and fun by the the way that they're doing it while they're singing and dancing. Then the uh, scene goes back into the barracks where we see uh, Strachwitz and one of the other guards checking inside the rooms. We see them walking back and forth in and out of the rooms, trying to figure out what, trying to find something, trying to discover what's going on here. Werner, you know, the, the ferret that he is, is, decides he wants to go make himself a cup of coffee. Fortuitously for him, he uh, <laughs> goes over and starts pouring the coffee and, and just, uh, it's apparently too hot and he burns himself while he's doing it. And drops the cup, which uh, obviously normally isn't that big of a deal, but in this case it is a problem because he he seems to hear. I love the sound here because they they allow they get us they let us hear water you know running, draining or something like that. You know we can we can actually hear what Werner is hearing when he drops that that cup of coffee that, mm-hmm. that he was trying to make, and then he uh, you know crashes down on the floor, starts feeling the the tiles. Trying to feel, uh, you know, the, the the coffee that is spilled. Trying to figure out what is going on because he says because he can notice that something is off here, something is strange. So what he quickly does is, you know, at, from all the interactions we've had with Werner up until now, he's not the the the, the brightest, you know, he, he's not the he, he's not the sharpest tool in the exactly head. he's not the sharpest tool in the in in the, in the shed exactly. But at this point, he they get, make him a little smarter because. You know, he he realizes that something's going on. And he reaches up and pulls the the coffee kettle. Thankfully, not burning himself again by doing so. He starts actually pouring into the into the ground uh, the coffee, taking a look at what's going on, and he notices that something is really going on. And then he starts screaming, "Her huffin' weeble, her huffin' weeble," which uh, you know, I I went and looked that up too. Because I had no idea what what. Obviously, we know he's calling strachtwitz, but what exactly is he is he calling for? It actually is. I, I thought it was a rank, but it's not. It basically what what I found it, it to be was is that it's a position, title, assignment, or appointment, which is uh, it's the equivalent of a company sergeant major, or possibly the first sergeant. So basically, you know, he's he's calling for. Uh, for his commander to, to come and take a look at what he just found. And then I love how the shot takes us back outside where we can see, you know, Danny hearing him actually scream and everyone starts to get startled. And you see a lot of the prisoners quickly turn around. You know, they did a great job there of, of uh, getting all these extras at that exact moment to all start turning around to try and figure out what it is that they're hearing. what is Why is uh, Werner screaming for Strahdwitz to show up? At this point, we go back inside the barracks. We still see Werner crouching on the ground. We see Schachlitz and the other uh, guard come back into the room to try and figure out what it is. And it's great because Schachlitz walks into the room and immediately crouches down to look at the ground. He doesn't wait for for Werner to tell him, take a look at this, or, you know, look what I found here on the ground. He comes into the room and immediately crouches down, which uh, means that he's either really, really perceptive or the actor actually, you know, missed his cue. <laughs> Where he's supposed to come in, you know, and uh, uh, and, and be told, okay, th- listen to what Werner has to say, and then at that point you can you can crouch down. But Harry uh, Reibauer, who plays Schroftowitz, didn't do that. You know, you see him walk into the room and immediately crouch down. Uh, you know, this, this is uh, definitely a goof. There's no question about that as As I said, it probably has more to do
1: with the uh, the actor's poor timing than anything else uh well it's 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 clearly a goof, but it's also their eureka moment you know they they've stumbled onto something and they may not know what it is yet, but they're they're definitely looking into what's happening you know and it's almost like you know yesterday's episode i made a jim rockford reference i'm going to go back to another 70s tv detective because that's kind of guy i am um and this is kind of their this is kind of their columbo moment you watch an episode of columbo and you never really think he's going to figure it out because he just seems like kind of a bumbling dope in a raincoat and then he asks a couple of well one more thing questions and bang he's on it that's what's that's what i thought was happening here
0: Right. No, 100%. I, I agree with you on that. This is a eureka moment. I just like the, the, it's just funny looking at the fact that he walks into the room and immediately crouches down before someone tells him what to look for. You know, because Werner is the one who found it. Shacklers has no idea that, that right now we're dealing with something that is, you know, that's on the floor. I doubt that he walked in the room and can hear, you know, the, the, the coffee running, you know, down through the tiles.
1: I guess that, that detail might have got past me a little bit. I, right. just, I just thought this okay. was a great moment.
0: No, 100%. There's no question about that. I, I completely agree with you on that. Then he watches as Werner pours some more coffee in, and the two of them just look at each other, and that's your Eureka moment. At this point, they know something is going on, and if you pay close attention, you see the Strathut's eyes go from looking at Werner to looking at the stove. Like they, He just moves his eyes to, to the left. Mm-hmm. and it's great. And then he moves his whole head after moving just his eyes. And then he looks at the stove and he knows that there's something here. And then he starts standing up and then the minute ends. So I mean this is this is a very important minute in the movie, but not much actually happens that that th- there isn't that much to talk about
1: from that perspective because of the way that that, that the whole minute plays out. Well, that's that's true. I mean there's only just they discover what's under the stove, and that's small in terms of the scale of the movie, but it's monumental in terms of the plot.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I'm not saying it's an insignificant minute. It's a very important minute. Every minute, <laughs> all 172 minutes are are, are great minutes, but the, the amount of action and dialogue in this scene is truncated because it's you you're you're dealing with two two drunken Scots singing a, a Scottish limerick. And you know, then you got the guards pouring
1: uh, coffee on the floor. Well, this I, minute, I also I also think that the, you know, what I did when I like I said yesterday is that going into these individual minutes of the movie, I, I just put on the horse blinders and said, okay, I'm just looking at what happens here. I know what happens in the minute before because I've already seen that. I don't necessarily know what happens in the minute after, although I do because I've seen the movie. When you look at it in those terms, then the discovery of the stove becomes even more important because it's telling you, okay, something bad is going to happen in the next minute. Yes. Yeah. No question about that.
0: And again, we've, we've already passed the halfway mark in the movie. So we, we now are starting to, you know, everything looks like it was going in the right direction and now they've, you know, thrown us a spitball. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're going to use your sports analogies.
1: I did not know Gaylord Perry pitched for the Germans. Maybe he did. <laughs> well, it, you know, that's the, another thing that you hit on that you don't know, but that's, you've touched on a bit of foreshadowing, but that'll have to wait until the uh, minute when we actually discuss um, doctoring baseballs, because we're going to. Okay. Way. All right. Sounds great. <laughs> um, so why don't you give us your uh, sports analogy for this minute? For minute. I Eight. foreshadowed it a couple of minutes ago when I did the horse blinders thing. Um Yesterday, we talked about uh, the suspension of Bob Baffert that uh, happened the other day. Well, when the Germans discover the stove, that's the subsequent tests that nail the door shut on him. You know, the first test, they have to do all kinds of legal wrangling. and was the test, you know, was it collected properly? Was it contaminated? All that legalistic sort of stuff. When you start getting the second and third and fourth tests that are all coming up hot, it's like, okay, something's wrong here. We've discovered the stove. We've discovered what's happening. Now somebody gets the punishment. And that's where this minute ends is that we don't know what's going to happen in the next minute, and the minute after that. But in the horse racing world, we're at the same point where, okay, we've suspended Baffert. We don't know what he's going to do in terms of legal recourse from the suspensions because there's a lot of weird rules in the world of horse racing that I'm not going to kill everybody's time with explaining the common theme is that there's, you know, there's there's storm clouds on the horizon, but you don't know when the rain's coming yet.
0: All right, that's cool. Now, the the idea is that everyone who's listening to this probably might already know what happened since we, because <laughs> we're not recording this uh, the day before we're gonna release the episode. You know, hopefully people will know what's going on at that point. Anyone who's interested in horse racing.
1: Yes. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, we're, we're recording this in you know June, so yeah. You know, we just we just had a major incident in horse racing yesterday. So yes, <laughs> I, I should probably speak more in terms of the uh, the lag in between recording and actual release. But uh, yeah, yeah but I'm fine. just not talented at these sorts of things. No,
0: no, no. That's good. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else you want to say about this minute? Uh, no, I'm good at this point. All right. So why don't you tell people once again how they can get in touch with you?
1: ah i dubsism d-u-b-s-i-s-m is the key word uh, you can find me uh it's a first page search result on google you can find me at dubsism at yahoo.com for email dubsism on facebook instagram pretty much any social media platform you want smoke signal uh um, carrier pigeon we're everywhere dubsism d-u-b-s-i-s-m actually since you
0: mentioned it you want to actually explain to to, to people and
1: to me what is dubsism <laughs> Oh boy, this, 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 okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try and do this in 50 words or less. Dubsism is a result of my nickname J-Dub. Um, it was coined by a friend of mine who said that a Dubsism is to act shocked at something that somebody said that is, you know, impolitic or politically incorrect, and then after the proper beat to say something even worse, which I thought was the perfect description of my blog.
0: Okay, that's good. so. Go check that out, everyone. It's a it's a great blog. He's got some great stuff on there. Oh, thank you. The way that that he connects, you know, movies, uh, sports. I don't I don't read the, the 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 straight sports stuff. I I just wait for the you know the, the movie
1: uh, connections.
0: But uh, there are enough of them. <laughs>
1: No, as long as you're reading, I, I, I'm happy to have you.
0: There you go. All right,
1: and uh, while you're doing that, you
0: can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher that you might be using to listen to our show. You can visit our Facebook group, The Cooler. Our Twitter account is Great Escape MXM. Our website is TheGreatEscapeMinute.com. And our email address is TheGreatMinute at gmail.com. So, you want to come back again tomorrow, Jason I'd love to be back if you'll have me. All right, excellent. So, until tomorrow, tally Tally ho.